0: What are some of the biggest mistakes that healthcare entities make in their security risk management programs that put patient information and other data at risk for breaches? I'm Marianne Kobasek-McGee, Executive Editor of Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with security expert Angel Hoffman, a senior consultant at consulting firm Coal Fire. Angel will be discussing some of the blunders that healthcare entities make in their security programs and how they can correct those mistakes. So, Angel, what are some of the top mistakes that you often see healthcare entities making in their security risk management programs? Well,
1: Marianne, it's hard to believe, but since HIPAA security came out nearly 10 years ago now, we still see people who don't understand what security really is, and particularly in healthcare. So, covered entities and business associates alike still just not understand the risk analysis requirements. They don't understand really what the guidance from the OCR meant, how they can really be compliant and they think they're doing a good job out there. And then as you know, there's been many breaches, particularly in 2015, that have come from healthcare entities. And a lot of those have been a large number of patients been involved. I think that typically people use the word compliance. They kind of throw that around but really compliance means that you need to adhere to the regulations, and really it's based on the risk, looking at security from a risk perspective and then rating that risk and prioritizing it. So it is heavily compliance-driven by the regulations, but then what you do with that internally to your organization makes the difference. So it comes down to ineffective risk management.
0: So Angel HIPAA, as we know, focuses on securing protected health information. But what mistakes do you often see healthcare entities making when it comes to securing other kinds of data in their organizations, whether it's supply chain information, HR data, financial systems? Well, sometimes they segregate the data or they put it all
1: into sort of like one bucket of speak, and don't segregate their data. But if they're focusing just on the health care piece, that's good because that's protected health information. The rest of that information, although that should be secure, could fall into proprietary information, unless, of course, in some of the financial information, it would contain protected health information. So you really have to know your organization and in each bucket what's contained. Like, for example, in the last several years, purchasing, or they call supply chain management now, has gone to e-commerce and some of our larger healthcare institutions, particularly the large health systems. And that information interacts directly with their vendors, and then that information goes right into their financial data so that their CFO and their accounting people can actually take a look at that and balance their sheets, et cetera, and determine what their losses are and then all that information that's important to running an organization. If you don't have that information set up the right way, then you could be protecting some of it and not all of it.
0: So with that said, what sorts of mistakes do you see healthcare organizations often making when it comes to protecting that other information that goes beyond the PHI? Do they tend to focus more on the PHI because there's this regulatory requirement with HIPAA, and do they neglect the other info, or what do you see them doing that they should not be doing, and what are your suggestions for how to correct that?
1: If it contains PHI, then they need to protect that information, whether it's financial data or not. If it's just financial data and contains no patient information, then they need to protect that as well for their own purposes, but then it doesn't violate the regulation as far as HIPAA goes. What I find most organizations are doing is they do not have an effective risk management program in place. If they have conducted a risk assessment, which most organizations have done since the compliance date of 2005 for HIPAA security, That may be the last time, like sort of first and last time that they ever looked at that data. And at that time, they started to realize that maybe they had a number of applications that they didn't realize how many they had, and that some of the users were only maybe two or three people on a particular application. They also had to go through the process of identifying who those application owners were and what their responsibility was and what they had in place. So it was kind of like a cleaning the house type of thing. But then, since then, most people have not even gone through that a second time. And you would think that in this number of years, they would have gone through it many times. So it all goes back to risk management and risk assessment. and sort of like how clean you keep your house, so to speak. Maintaining your data and keeping it secure. The, the cyber criminals actually find health care quite interesting because we aren't as secure as we think we are. And many times when organizations do have a risk assessment performed, they find out that they have gaps that they weren't even aware of. So part of that is to close those gaps, identify, and then to close those gaps so that they can address that through the security process, through a risk assessment. Some of the reasons why people do not do the risk assessments, because you say, well, why wouldn't they just do them? Part of that reason is because they don't have the money. It really depends on the size and complexity of the organization. So Smaller organizations may say, well, we don't have that kind of money, so we're just not going to do it. So well, my recommendation would be to go through that risk assessment, find out what your top risk areas are, prioritize them for what I call risk rating, and then from there, you can at least address maybe like the top three or something like that. But don't just do nothing because you're now vulnerable and a victim eventually. Everyone will be a victim to cybercrime, So that's kind of part of that. The other part of it is I think up until recently, until we've seen some of these bigger breaches that have occurred in both healthcare and retail, that the CEOs, for example, and some of the other senior executives have not realized what the impact of all this was on their organization, not only financially, but from a reputational perspective. And so now that the CEOs are starting to have actions taken against them when their company has a breach, now some of them are actually starting to pay more attention to this and identifying this as a top risk. So I think all those things together really boil down to having an effective risk management program in place.
0: So now, Angel, when it comes to gaps in the security controls that healthcare entities have, where do you see healthcare entities typically falling short and why and what should they be doing to fill up these gaps with the proper security controls?
1: I work directly with the technical people. but what they do is they actually put controls in place. If you don't have them, you go through and you assess the controls. If not, then you identify what those gaps are, and then you work with the organization to close those gaps. That's part of the process, to identify what, what are your vulnerabilities. It would be sort of like saying if you had a house with multiple locks on the doors and then one of the doors wasn't locked, and we identified that, we'll say, through a risk assessment then you'd say, oh, my gosh, we have to start locking that door, put a better lock on the door. That's basic, I know, for an example. But what it does is says that, do you really know what's going on in your house, so to speak? And that's what organizations are finding. When they go through a risk assessment, they find out that there were things in place that they weren't aware of. For example, not all that long ago, there were still organizations that were using XP, and there were organizations that didn't have all of their patches in place that they should have had their Microsoft patches so what I'm saying is there's a lot of organizations out there that you think are doing okay, but when you do the risk assessment, that's when you find out they're behind. And on some of these organizations in the past, I've asked, why are you behind? And they just said they didn't either have manpower, the money, or whatever.
0: So now, Angel, we hear a lot about hacker attacks in the healthcare sector these yep. days. But how can healthcare entities improve both their prevention and detection of breaches that involve insiders?
1: So there's two groups: the business associates and then your employees. So you have a business associate agreement in place. For example, if you're a covered entity, you have a business associate agreement in place, and that is to tell the business associate that here's what we expect, and that you will keep your information that you you know they perform a service on your behalf as covered entity. You will keep that information confidential. And, you know, they keep it confidential. We're supposed to let you know that as well. So that's usually worked out in that language. And then if there is a breach, they're supposed to let the covered entity know within that 60 days. But most covered entities that I know today are actually putting in their business associate agreement that they want to know immediately or upon knowledge of potential breach within three days, ten days. But they don't want to wait to day 59 and say, By the way, we've had a breach. There's not a covered entity, very little time to go through and assist with any type of investigation. So they don't want to do that because by that time you have to report to HHS. So that's one thing, Ensure that you know who your vendors are. um, It's important to do background checks on your vendors as well as your employees. So that's one thing that you can do is make sure that you have background checks going on. That should be done on a regular basis. Some organizations do it annually, some quarterly some even monthly. So that would be, again, both your vendors and your employees. And then internally, you know, sometimes bad people will just do bad things. So you hope that you're not hiring bad people, but somewhere down the line you might. Or things change after you've hired them. So, again, the background checks are important to make sure you know what's going on with your employees. In the meantime, this is very basic, and a lot of people don't tend to pay attention to it, but actually... Setting the right tone. The top of the organization, or the C-suite, they really need to set the tone for the organization. From an ethics perspective, so we talk about compliance, but also ethics goes hand-in-hand with that. A business ethics perspective is that you set the tone and the organizational culture. You tell the people not only what your mission is, but what your vision and values are. And then from there, people understand, usually through training, policies, and via your code of conduct, how to behave in an organization. That's the best thing that you can do internally to protect yourself.
0: Now, are there any other particular steps that healthcare entities often miss when it comes to improving their security programs beyond the requirements of HIPAA compliance? There is high trust certification, and a lot
1: of the health insurance plans have actually gone to their business associates and have asked them to become high-trust certified. And that is a combination of things, not only HIPAA security, but the NIST standards. And a lot of what I like to call it is kind of like how you make a milkshake, you put lots of ingredients in, and you throw it in the blender. And that's what I think. You take, you look at the NIST standards, the ISIS standards, the HIPAA security, like all the kinds of standards that go across the various industries, pop them all in the blender, and then you have your end product. And that's how I think of high-trust. It's taking... It's not just saying healthcare follows this and banking follows that. It's taking all the security standards across all the industries and putting them in one place and saying now, how do you do when we measure you against both the standards? And that's what the insurance companies are doing now because of some of the big breaches that have come have actually come from the business associates.
0: And finally, Angel, if there's one thing that healthcare entities can do right now to improve their overall cybersecurity this year, what would that one thing be? Be vigilant as possible. For example, I'm with Coal Fire,
1: but there are people internally and externally who do HIPAA security risk assessments. And so what I would do is make sure that you make that a priority this year. Every year you should put together and your compliance officer is directly involved with this in collaboration with your security officer. And you should be making sure that you have this as part of your audit plan, your compliance plan, and put it as a top risk in, in all of your plans for the year. So a lot of times the, the um, people use the OAG work plan for how they set up their plans or if they have a particular problem with in-house. They make that a priority. I think everyone should be making this a priority. Because my understanding is that cybersecurity has become the number one crime in the world. And that's over things that we know like murder and theft and things like that. So when you think about that, that's rather frightening. I read not too long ago, somewhere between 2020 and 2025, it won't be more or less if you are hacked or if your ID is stolen. It'll be when. And they said between those dates of 2020 and 2025, one in three people will be affected in some way. It'll either be directly or indirectly. So it could be something that you did, or it could be through some organization that you're working with, for example, like a hospital, who then gets hacked and your data's out there. Or it could be a retailer, like Target, for example.
0: Thanks, Angel. I've been speaking to Angel Hoffman. I'm Marianne Kolbisak mcgee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.